the pace of change today is almost hard to keep track of, but that's what we're going to keep uh, trying to keep doing. Um, and we're you happy need to re-record to... that, Alex. The pace of change today is almost impossible to keep track of. What the fuck is that? The opening to a Thomas uh, Friedman column? Come on. Okay, okay, fine. Hello, dear patrons. Welcome back to BungaCast. It's the global politics podcast at the end of the end of history. I'm Alex Hochuli, and I'm here with Phil Cunliffe and George Horror. Hello, boys. Hello, Bunga hey, boys, fellow Bunga boys. Hey. Uh, it's Friday, the 14th of October, and we're here to talk about the scintillating subject of trussonomics. In fact, uh, we're sitting down to record this kind of midway through the day, and um, we've all been checking Twitter to see the latest. And uh, the latest is it that... It looks like Trustonomics is over. Trustonomics. So <laughs> we need a new topic. Timely, as always. No, the the, the, the truth of the matter is that uh, Tr- Liz Truss, who is possibly the most hilarious prime minister Britain has had, <laughs> um, has... Uh, her chancellor, Quasi Quarteng, has now been sacked for um, the budget that he did. And we're going to talk about this in a little bit more detail in a second. Uh, he's been sacked and uh, the former health secretary, Jeremy Hunt, uh, has been brought in. Um, and he's been brought in because the markets have reacted extremely negatively to a mini budget that was released a couple of days ago. So um, anyway, we're going to talk about this. And the reason for it is that in the midst of neoliberalism's slow collapse that we've been talking about for five years on this podcast, this, and specifically Liz Trust's premiership, has been a pretty blatant attempt to revive it, to kind of play the old hits back once again, as if it's 1993. Um, And there has been a negative market reaction to that. So I think that demands a lot of explanation. Why have the markets disliked what would be seen as fairly typical neoliberal recipes? Anyway, so um, to get this started, uh, Phil, why don't you talk us through kind of what's exactly happened for those who haven't followed um, what the ongoings of a, of a small, dreary, rainy island in the North Atlantic, about which we know little. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed. Thank you, Alex, for your uh, typically self-deprecating English introduction to, to, uh, to British politics. It's always appreciated. Our listeners appreciate it, and I appreciate it, too. So the latest is, so Truss has announced not only, I mean, as um, the Chancellor Quarting resigned and was humiliatingly called back from meetings with the uh, top financiers in Washington, I think uh, meetings with the IMF, in fact, um, humiliating enough that Britain was effectively being taken to D.C. You know, the Chancellor of the Exchequer was sent to D.C. in order to be kind of given a talking to by the IMF, humiliating enough, and then cut short the discussions with the IMF to be sent back to Britain in order to be fired by a long-standing kind of apparently personal friend and political ally, Liz Truss, the Prime Minister. In addition to that, she's given a short, the latest news is, um, which is around uh, three o'clock in the afternoon here in the UK, she's given a very short uh, press conference where she's announced that the... um, tax cuts, the corporation tax cuts that were planned to come in and that were one of the centerpiece of this so-called mini-budget they introduced um, shortly. When was it? The mini-budget was like, what, like not even two weeks ago? 23rd of September. So three weeks, all right? So just over, just, uh, you know, not even a month. Um, And as part of, so anyway, she's reversed the tax cuts. So the tax cuts, it was... um, 
they were meant to uh, the tax cuts for corporations was meant to drop to 19% from 25%. And now they're going to go back up to 25%. So um, it seems like, you know, and the the pound apparently is rising and the market is breathing a sigh of relief at the prospect of um, higher taxes on corporations um, to boot, not to put too fine a point on it. So it's a kind of, I mean, in addition to um, the kind of the gyrations in UK policy, um, the apparent weakness of the prime minister and all of this is kind of with rumours flying that she's going to be ousted in a palace coup um, by Christmas. And, you know, this is only after they just got rid of Boris Johnson earlier this year. So, I mean, you know, this is kind of Latin American, maybe even Brazilian levels of yeah. political instability now mm. in our um, in otherwise, you know, what is the among in the mother of all parliaments and a centerpiece of political stability in the world. Um in addition to all of that, there's the bigger kind of thematic question, which is of interest to us, which is how far, you know, what the attempt, as Alex suggested, what the attempt, the failed attempt to bring back neoliberalism, what that tells us about neoliberalism in global politics. And so it's worth, I guess, having a bit of just a bit of kind of background to um, to the um to the trust trustonomics project so yeah. i mean apart from it's you know it's essentially tax cutting was the mini budget was tax cutting reducing taxes on corporations reducing taxes on the wealthy reducing less and reducing taxes at the bottom end not as much as they reduce taxes at the top end and then they also promised so-called you know they were talking about um new kind of so-called supply side measures to stimulate growth all of this was packaged as um, indicating the need for boosting British productivity and boosting economic growth. And so, as Adam Tews pointed out elsewhere, um, you know, in one of the writings that you can see on the um, on the show notes, you know, there is kind of an indication has imprinted itself now in Britain's political class. There is an acknowledgement that the central question for British political economy is restoring economic growth and productivity. Um, but all of this, you know, there was never there was never any kind of beyond tax cuts. There was never really anything concrete offered up as to what those other um, stimulants to growth would be. So it was very much kind of presented as um, the as essentially tax cuts, but also the background to trust and to Quartenk, her chancellor that she's just fired, is that they both kind of um, are very much from the neoliberal think tank world. I mean, that's the kind of place that they were politically incubated. And they were both yeah. co-authors of a pamphlet called Britannia Unchained some years back um, while they were while they were um, still both on the back benches and when they were far away from power. And this was a classic kind of neoliberal think tank pamphlet where the whole idea was, you know, if you kind of um, cut away the red tape and if you try and emulate places like Singapore, um, the market will kind of spontaneously assert itself and drive a new era of British prosperity and growth. So, yeah, this is this Singapore on Thames idea, right, that they were trying to push as one vision of a post-Brexit Britain. Uh, yeah. But George, I think before we go forward, maybe it's worth going back a little bit and just setting up the context of austerity Britain, which preceded it from, you know, over the past decade, effectively. Yeah. So just to, to take first things first. So Singapore on Thames, Thames the Thames is a, um, Father Thames is, is a river that runs through London and parts of the South 
of uh, Britain, including Reading and Caversham. Let, let's geography more political economy. And move, but it's, uh, and Singapore, oh, okay, we don't need to talk about Singapore. But the, um, <clears throat> yeah, so I guess it might or might not be useful to just give a bit bit of a brief history of the last sort of 10 years of, or 15 years of, um, of conservatism in Britain, because I think, one thing which trusses it was only two weeks into being prime minister that she made this mini budget announcement and basically seems now to have sunk her 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 premiership if not her party um so it's really quickly after the departure of johnson that the the contradictions in the or the limitations of contemporary conservatism in britain were were revealed but yeah as you said alex what's the the kind of the 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 mid-range history so yeah 2010 we had a coalition government um david cameron uh, as Prime Minister and George Osborne as Chancellor, were particularly keen after, in the aftermath of the global financial crisis to impose austerity, which um, basically meant cutting state spending and, um, if not handouts, to political allies and contractors of uh, associated with the Conservative Party. I think those maintained strong levels um, throughout the last 15 years. Um, and this kind of... Um, ideological more than anything else um commitment to low state spending um dominated british conservatism in over the course of the the 2010s until of course the brexit referendum in 2016 um and then i guess you know to cut a very long story and one that we've talked about quite a lot in this podcast before short um this was essentially resolved in 2019 by boris johnson um attempt successful attempt to make to create a coalition of traditional Tories with working class Northern Brexit supporters. And this was the kind of, you know, there was some one nation conservatism packaging at some point, but that was the, basically the, the class um, basis of the, the um, coalition. And you could say that this, you know, it was tested during COVID and that was what eventually led to Johnson's um, breakdown and, or, or uh, destruction by the party. And so you had trust coming in basically thinking okay we don't need we don't want this this coalition anymore we don't want this um we want to appeal to our kind of older base of um people who don't want to pay the top band of tax people who want to pay or want to make more money by corporations paying less tax let's see what we can do here and this um very quickly ran into uh some of the problems that i think we're going to be discussing over the course of this the rest of this episode yeah, I mean, what's amazing about this episode, I, I thought, looking at it in kind of global comparison, is that there's been several instances in various countries of parties trying to um, apply a, you know, old school neoliberal recipe um, when it seems that the winds are blowing in a different direction. But what's kind of unique about the British case is that the ruling party stumbled on a recipe for some post-neoliberal management of the economy with a greater role for state spending and then deliberately self-sabotage, um, seemingly, I mean, from the outside, for no reason whatsoever, having, having basically... Ha- been given this recipe on a plate or stumbled upon it, um, only to then reverse it to obviously disastrous consequences. We'll come on to the political uh, consequences a little bit more explicitly in a bit. But I mean, just to foreshadow that, you know, the the Labour Party is set for, you know, according to uh, recent polls for, you know, an absolutely thumping majority to the extent that the Tories might not even be the second largest party in, in, in Parliament. Hey there, you've reached the end of a short excerpt from an episode that's been released only to our patrons. If you'd like to join us and gain access to around two Patreon-exclusive episodes a month, please go to patreon.com slash We'd love to have you.